Welcome to the 5511 Podcast, inspiring stories of God's power being poured out globally in the lives of ordinary people. Hosted by Dirk Smith, Peyton Armstrong, and Brooke Kell. This podcast is supported by EEM. EEM publishes, prints, and distributes Bibles and Bible-based materials in 30-plus nations and in 20-plus languages, free to all. Hello and welcome to the 5511 Podcast, supported by EEM, where every story is a living example of Isaiah 5511. Once again, I'm Dirk, and joining me are Brooke and Peyton. Hello, guys. How are you doing? Hey, Dirk. Dirk. I'm doing well. Good, good, good to see you guys again. Um, Anything uh, new you want to share with the uh, listening audience? Anything exciting going on? Um, Of course, we just continue to dislike Brooke because she keeps traveling the globe and doing all kinds of fun (laughs) things. Um, I'll be stateside for a while. That's a good thing. I hope you go to it. For all the people that are in Midland, don't take this the wrong way, but you just need to go hang out in West Texas somewhere. That's where you just need to be. Just no trees, desert, just (laughs) although the people there are great. So that wouldn't be good because you'd be blessed by all the people there. So anything going on? What's Peyton, what's happening in your world? Anything exciting? I guess exciting is one way to describe it. We have been in the process of moving. That's so um, exciting. What a joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Run razor blades up my fingernails. That would be right up there <laughs> oh, with that. Oh, no. But no, it's good. It's good. We're settling in well. It wasn't too far, so. But moving That's is just good. it's just a pain, you know? Yeah. Unpacking. It really is. Mm-hmm. It is. Unpacking is. But you know, the rule is after a year, if there's a box that is still sealed don't even un- don't even open it just throw it out <laughs> because you have you don't need whatever's in it because right, if it's been there true. for a year that's the rule good you know, point you, that's a good point if you come across mm-hmm. a box that you haven't opened don't even waste your time just go put it in the recycling bin and just get rid of it because don't you know. don't need it i'm pretty ocd i'm not sure that i could s- leave a box sitting there for an entire do it. year but do it it'll be therapy <laughs> that's therapy for you <sighs> yeah. all right Brooke, what about you? Anything? Well, uh, I'm looking forward to graduating here in a couple of months, so I'm wrapping up my master's yes. in clinical Go mental Brooke. health and I'm graduating December 17th, and that's going to be a really special day. <laughs> yes, it will be. You probably won't read anything for the next eight to nine months. You'll be like, nope, yeah, I'm not reading. At least. <laughs> yeah, I think if it has anything to do with mental health or psychology, I will be taking a break from reading <laughs> anything related to those topics for a while. Yeah, mm-hmm. no doubt. Yes, it's uh, nice to get it done, but poof, it's a journey. That is a journey. <laughs> for sure. It really is. Well, good, good. Well, nothing really new with us. Um, had some good visits from people. More coming in. Seems like we got a revolving door right now, so... The phone keeps ringing, people saying, hey, we went to come see you. We're like, okay, well. Um, no, but it's good. It's all good. My wife is doing all right. For those that are um, keeping up with that, she's she's hanging in there. It's uh, it's it's a journey, but she's got a smile on her face. And I'll tell you, we are, we are sustained by the prayers. So if, uh, you know, when people say, well, I wish we could do more. You know, I hate that all we can do is pray. Don't say that. Don't ever say that. All we can, you know, I wish we could do more that, you know, all we can do is pray because that's a lot. And um, we feel, we feel the prayers and um, it's, it is mystical. 
it is truly mystical because we're we're sustained by them, and we definitely can feel the prayers. So, uh, for those that are praying for us, thank you very much. We greatly appreciate it, and um, we we do feel them. So it's all it's all good. All right. So this episode, as we kind of left a cliffhanger uh, after episode eight, going to be a little different. Brooke, the floor is yours, and um, we want to hear all about. We're going to kind of ask you questions as we go through this, but uh, we want to hear all about your trip to North Macedonia. And so, I guess set the stage for us. Give us a background, maybe on the on the um, project itself, and just some things you want to share to open it up. Yeah, sure. I just returned from a trip to North Macedonia and to give you a little bit of background as to why we were going to celebrate the completion of the first half of a really big project. So recently we partnered with the government in North Macedonia and the Orthodox Church to provide right at 225,000 Macedonian children Bibles. And so this is the first half of what will be a bigger project of 450,000 Macedonian children's Bibles. And so we were able to fly to North Macedonia and meet with the government and meet with church officials and yeah, celebrate so what's the, the project. And what's the capital there? Where'd you fly into? People that'll get their maps out and look it up. Skopje. Skopje. That's how they would pronounce it over there. So I've heard it pronounced in different ways, however we want to Americanize it. But I've yeah. heard them say Skopje. I've heard Skopje. And then yes. I heard them say Skopje, which... Yes. Yeah. So Skopje. So you flew into Skopje. Yeah, we flew in and we were just greeted with the most beautiful hospitality. We experienced as immediately... Upon arrival at the airport and throughout our stay, the hospitality was just overwhelming. And it was clear how grateful these men and women were as leaders of the nation, how grateful they were to partner with us to provide the word of God to their children, the Mm, nation's children. Imagine that. And it was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. How refreshing. Uh, it, It was really the most encouraging trip. And I have just really been trying to pray about how to steward the experience of being able to see this and just observe how everybody is responding and partnering to share the gospel with an entire nation of people. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, okay, so that's the project. How did this project come about? You know, because there's probably people listening like, man, do they just call up? Who calls up and says, hey, we need 450,000 children's Bibles? I mean, how, how did that happen? So as some of our listeners may or may not know, we have previously partnered with the Catholic Church leaders across different dioceses in Croatia to provide children's Bibles to the children of Croatia in their public schools. So why the Catholic Church? Why do, why do we have to partner with the Catholic Church in Croatia? What's what's significant about that? Yeah, that's a great question. So I think it's important for us to know that Croatia is a Catholic nation. And so the Catholics really largely control what happens in the public school system. And so we 
have to partner with them in order to work in their public schools. And they have asked and invited us to do that. And so we've taken that as a great opportunity to continue to sow the word of God among children of that nation also. And we've met some fantastic people. I mean, it, it has been an absolute blessing to meet so many fantastic people within the Catholic Church in Croatia. Okay, so this starts in Croatia. So how, how does Croatia play into the whole North Macedonia thing? We have been distributing children's Bibles in Croatia for a few years now, but at the time, there was a Macedonian Orthodox priest that actually lived in Zagreb who was the overseer of these Orthodox churches in Zagreb, in Croatia. And he befriended um, one of the Catholic priests that we have been friends with and partner with who receives our Bibles and books. And this Croatian Catholic priest one day decided to gift this Macedonian Orthodox priest our children's Bible, just as a gift for he and his family. And this Macedonian Orthodox priest was just blown away by this gift in this children's Bible. And he started to ask more questions about this gift and where they got this. And this Bible, this children's Bible was in Croatian, but he, he began to ask questions like, well, where can I get a Macedonian children's Bible? Can I get these? Can I get some of these? And so that is how we began to connect with this Macedonian Orthodox priest who really largely opened the door for this major project for the entire nation of North Macedonia. Wow. It's such a God story, I'll be honest with you. It's one of those where you go, only God could do that. Because the next, the next thing you know, we're getting a request for 450,000 children's Bibles and teen Bibles Mm -hmm. for the nation of North Macedonia. Anything else fun about it that you would want to share that's kind of a God thing? Yeah, I think one of the other exciting components of this project specifically was that the government of North Macedonia was really excited about this project. And so what ended up happening was that we were able to partner with the North Macedonian Church to import this gift of books at a much lower cost because the government received it as a gift instead of the church in the nation. Praise God. Just amazing. Yeah, because it came into the government, and the government, which, again, this is such a God thing. The government said, hey, give it to us. Mm-hmm. We'll waive the import tax. Yeah. And we were able to immediately apply that to other projects. And then they, in turn, gave the books as a gift from them to the Orthodox Church. Again, for the sole purpose of saving money, which... Again, such a God thing, how all that worked out, and uh, and the partnership. It's just fun. It's fun to see creative minds think of ways to... And they knew that this was going to save us money and knew that in return, then we would be able to provide other people Bibles with that $100,000. And they were thrilled. Such generous hearts, yeah. Yeah, they were so excited. So um, give me your takeaways. So you're there, and I guess tell our listening audience, I mean, who did you meet with? How did those visits go? Any takeaways from your time and visits with people in North Macedonia? 
we were able to meet and actually have dinner with the Archbishop of North Macedonia. He actually invited us to his home and served us this beautiful meal and was able to just share his heart with us and why he was so excited about this project. Another person we were honored to meet was the government representative, the director of the Committee of Relations with Religious Communities and Religious Groups Hmm. in North Macedonia. And so he was also in attendance alongside a couple of other priests who have been very instrumental in connecting us to the right people who are just hungry for the nation to know God and to have God's word in their hands. So it was just a beautiful seen to watch how God has just weaved this story together by just one step at a time, guiding us to the next person who is really wanting people to know who God is and have the word of God and has a hunger for that and identifies that hunger in other people. That's awesome. That's awesome. Brooke, for maybe some listeners, including myself, who don't fully know a ton of history about this place um, about this country. Is there anything that maybe you can shed some light on just maybe the background of North Macedonia or the culture of the area of why this is such an amazing event that took place? Peyton, I think that it's really important for us to understand in context what's been going on And I in no way claim to be a historian, but not 20 to 30 years ago, there were extreme ethnic violence in the Balkan countries Mm. and extreme violence was carried out during these wars that broke out between the countries that at one time formed the territory called the Socialist Federal Republic of Yugoslavia. And there are six nations that made up that former territory, and that is Serbia, Croatia, Slovenia, Bosnia, and Montenegro, and Macedonia. And so violence and political and religious tension caused so much bloodshed in these areas between 1990 and 1999, really even carried over. And thousands died. Millions had to flee at different times because of various conflicts in different areas during that time frame. There were heinous war crimes and unthinkable atrocities between these groups of people that took place. And it's really similar to what we are hearing about that's taking place in the Ukrainian-Russian mm. war today. Yeah. But that's really sobering to me because this was not that long ago. Yeah. I wasn't taught this in school, but <laughs> yeah. because of <laughs> this job, I've done more research. And as I've talked to people on our overseas trips, as I've talked to locals, it wasn't that long ago that this violence and this ethnic tension existed to the point of people were killing each other. Mm. Yeah. 30 years is not very long ago. And uh, so what I'm hearing you say in in the significance is, so now today you've got people all working together. Mm -hmm. By no means are we saying that there's no more tension between Serbia and, I mean, those tensions do still exist, but Overall, you didn't see that. No. So those tensions haven't poofed into thin air by any means. Um, They still largely exist. We are seeing Serbs and Croats and Macedonians 
moving past ethnic tension and political and religious tension to pursue a unity for the sake of the gospel. And I Mm. think that's so exciting and it makes me so hopeful. And this project specifically brings to light how God is working in North Macedonia and how we are really seeing unity among believers. And we're seeing unity here specifically with government leaders and church officials. And we're seeing a humility we haven't really seen, I think, in a long time as people are working to provide every child in the nation God's word. Yeah. Seems to be a continuing common theme Mm -hmm. in our work over there and the things that we've seen. And, And that's, you know, so... My obvious that I go to is I think about John 17. Yes, that's right. You know, Jesus's prayer, you know, the the heading in my Bible, which is probably in, in your Bible too, is Jesus prays for all believers. But to me, it's remarkable there when, you know, Jesus's prayer is, I, I pray not only for these, but also for those who believe in me through their word. So there it is. Be disciple makers. Go out there and evangelize. And then he says, may they be one as Mm. you, Father, are in me and I am in you. Man, that's the ultimate oneness, to be one with God. Mm -hmm. That's the goal. I mean, Jesus prays. So this is not pie in the sky. He prays for that. Yeah. And so if we believe that Jesus gets what he wants, then that's possible. Right. You know, for us to be one with God as, as he is. And then he says... May they also be in us so that, why? What's the purpose for the unity? And here's, here's to me the secret, the secret sauce, I guess, if you will. So that the world may believe you sent me. That's it. The whole purpose for this unity is so that people will believe mm-hmm. that God sent Jesus to die on a cross, to be raised, so that we all will be with him. Right. Well, yeah, that's, that's the right. gospel. Amen. Mm-hmm. So the unity is for the purpose of sharing the gospel, which then the question I guess I come to is, so what's disunity show? If unity promotes the gospel, disunity is the opposite. Mm-hmm. And it takes away. So either we're adding to the kingdom by unifying and promoting unity, or mm-hmm. we're taking away from the kingdom with disunity. That's a powerful thing. I mean, that's a... So powerful. Yeah, and beautiful, and beautiful. Just so, so beautiful. You know, and again, I guarantee you that Catholic priest and that Orthodox North Macedonian Orthodox priests don't agree on every little thing. But you know, if they are going to have open discussions, you think it's going to happen with disunity and fighting, or is it going to happen more with friendship and unity? I mean, that's that's a rhetorical question. You know, hopefully the listening audience goes, well, duh, you know, it's going to be with unity. Yeah. And look at the end result. So because of the unity too, right now, 225,000 thousand children have access mm-hmm. to God's word in their language. And we're the only ones, am I correct in this, Brooke? You can confirm this. We're the only ones that have provided a children's Bible and a teen Bible in the North Macedonian language to them. 
which is why they were so gracious. Yeah, no one outside of the country has. We did learn that they have, in the past, over time, have produced their own children's Bibles. Right. So I don't know if we... Right. But as a gift, yes, this is the largest donation of books the nation has ever received. That's yeah. cool. That's great. Absolutely. And I think another important thing to mention here is the current census that was just recently produced showed that the nation is made up of 60% Orthodox Christians and 38% Muslims. And Mm. so these Bibles are not only going to children who have a background in Christianity or maybe grew up in that culture, but they're they're going to families that don't have a Christian background at all. And so I think that that's really exciting. And that's something newer for us. Yeah, I, I wrote down some of my favorite quotes during our time with the archbishop. One of the most profound things I heard him say was this. Um, he said, the mission and the call of the church is not confined to the building or a country's borders. And with this immense gift of books that you've given us, you have all once again stated that. And many generations to come will be grateful that they have had the opportunity to know our Savior in the word of God. Mm. That is Amen. amazing to me. Powerful. Yeah. yeah. We just know that this man gets it. He gets it. Yeah, that's great. I'll leave you with two more quotes that were really impactful to me. Um, we sat around his dinner table and he looked at us and he said, you know, Christ loved the children so much, so much so that he told adults to be like them. Mm. The archbishop looked at us and he said, thank you for loving the Macedonian children. Mm. You are showing the love of Christ to our children. And that is a gift. Mm. That's great. That's great. Yeah, it was. And then as we were leaving, he just shared with us, I know that we have met together because we are bonded by God's love. And I know it's because of this love that you are here today. And I know it's because of this love that you have given us the gift of these Bibles. And I pray that God preserves that love among us. Mm. Let's get real. What now? You know, where, where do we go with this? Are we promoting unity? Is that where I am? Do I... Do I reach across outside of sectarian borders and across denominational lines? Am I working to provide unity or am I part of the group that's being sectarian and divisive? Am I dividing God's church, Christ's church, or am I seeking to unify it? And again, that doesn't mean that we have to agree on everything. I mean, there are things that, that, you know, there are people that theologically, I think, no, I disagree with that. But am I tossing them out and not agreeing and, and unifying with them over things that we can agree on? And am I not coming into a close relationship with them to have these open discussions to say, hey, I love God, you love God, man, let's let's serve him together mm-hmm. because, boy, Jesus speaks to divisiveness in the Bible. I mean, if I'm reading scripture, I don't want to be a part of that group that uh, is dividing. I want to be a part of the group that's promoting his prayer in John 17. Yeah. So now it's it's what now? You know, what do I do with that? What do I do about that here in this country? And if I'm blessed to 
go to other countries? And, and what could we do as a unified church in the United States? What could we get accomplished uh, for him? That is the question. That is the right. question of the day. And I guess the challenge for our listening audience is look at being a unifier and uh, go, go embrace people of faith and get to know people that might be a part of a different tribe and see where you can join forces and, and promote the gospel of Jesus. I think that's a great challenge, Dirk, just to examine our hearts a little bit and see if we are promoting unity versus disunity or divisiveness, um, pointing out everyone's differences rather than the one true thing that all binds us together is we're all created in the image of God. Um, and so to really focus on our identity in, in God um, and the love that he has for us, which should innately pour out of us. Um, so I think that mm -hmm. if we find ourselves maybe um, spewing divisive comments or um, realizing that we're partaking in, in an active disunity, then we might need to kind of take a take a moment and let the perfect love of Christ f refill us um, through the word yeah, and through that's good mm -hmm. and repent so that we can yes yeah. absolutely and, and repent of that so that we can continue forward in unity yeah. and love. Well, Brooke, thanks for sharing. You're welcome. Great stuff. Yes, thank you for sharing. And uh, so we we kind of live vicariously through you again. Uh, mm -hmm. Sound like a great trip. It was so good. Yeah, I hope our listening audience enjoyed. I know they, I know they did enjoyed hearing about some of that. It's, uh, it's fun to be a part of. All right. Well, as always, listening audience, we would love for you to subscribe to our podcast and give us a rating. Take time to write us a review, and as always, share our podcast with your friends and family. Next podcast, we are going to get a report from the front line of Ukraine. EEM's. National Director Dasha is going to join us uh, from Europe and share what's going on and share some stories. It's going to be probably a heavy, uh, a heavy one, but it'll be a good one at the same time. So if you've been wondering and asking, man, I'd love to hear from the front line. Well, you're going to get a chance to do that on our next podcast. So uh, that's even more reason to hit the subscribe button to make sure you do not miss it. Brooke, thanks again. Thanks for sharing. Peyton, thanks for your input as always, and uh, another good episode. I hope that uh, everyone is blessed as I was by, uh, by this episode. And just continue to keep the people of North Macedonia in your prayers as mm -hmm. uh, these right. Bibles go mm -hmm. out there and get into the hands of those kids and uh, land on good soil because mm -hmm. God will cause the increase. All right, guys, thanks for a great episode. Listening audience, thanks for joining us. See you next time. You've been listening to the 5511 Podcast, hosted by Dirk Smith, Peyton Armstrong, and Brooke Kell. It's edited by David Wilkinson. The 5511 Podcast is supported by EEM. EEM publishes, prints, and distributes Bibles and Bible-based materials in 30-plus nations and in 20-plus languages, free to all. To learn more about how you can partner with EEM, go to eem.org. And we'll leave a link for you in the show notes. We'd also love for you to rate, review, and subscribe 
and we'd really appreciate you telling your friends about us. So thanks for joining us, and we'll be dropping a new episode every other Tuesday. Thank you.